Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Basketball is back. I know, we had Monday Night Football last night. Derrick Henry, awesome performance. And we had Major League Baseball playoffs. Another Grand Slam for the Red Sox. Another win. 25 wins through three games. Man, if it's going to get pitching and defense is going to get you through this, man, Houston's going to have to change things up real fast. Very quickly. And add to that little stew a little NBA basketball tonight. Tonight, it's the champs, the Bucks, and the Nets opening up, and then it's the Warriors and Lakers after that. Doubleheader tonight, and then a big schedule tomorrow night, including the Jazz and the Thunder. The Jazz tipping it off at home to get things going. And we're going to hear from Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles later this hour, so stay with us for that coming up right here on The Zone. Right now, though, we're going to start with college football. We're going to start with the guy who made all the headlines, Britton Covey. The great catch, first and goal, the flex. They scored on the next play, so the flex is just a funny footnote. Britain's still answering for it. A lot of people are giving him a hard time. Here's Britton Covey. With allowing you guys to kind of have that. You know. I think it's it's just about finally seeing everything come to fruition. You know, uh, it's equally as frustrating for us as it probably is for anyone that hears about, you know, this player's doing well during fall camp. Oh, this team could be really good. You know, we've got this, you know, these weapons. And then to have it not show itself in the first couple games is frustrating. So finally, when it comes to fruition, it's, it's that idea of, okay, this wasn't just a fluke, you know, like for example, Devon Vele, you know, he wasn't just showing out in spring ball. Like he can do this and I think that that's kind of what it feels like for the guys it's like seeing it in person and happen under the lights just confirms everything that we thought and, and that's that's what gets you going after the San Diego State game you kind of mentioned they just needed to get that swagger back and it seems like that's exactly what's happening yeah well, I, I think it's all about playing with swagger I think that good coaches especially know how to just almost let your team let your guys go out there and play with what makes you special right it's going to be something different for me as it will be for Devin Lloyd and things like that but play with what you're given by God and uh, I don't know having that swagger I think that we need to come out with that a little bit more and early in the game uh, and just it's it's a personality type of thing I think that uh, you have guys that bring it as well. You know, guys that are vocal bring it. And I think we need, we needed to start earlier, though. How much does Cam bring to this? I mean, obviously, it seems like there's a lot of things that happen, right? Like, I don't want to put it all on Cam. Right. But like, what, what is it about him and his ability to play that, that it's kind of allowed you guys to play free? Yeah. Well, one, Cam has some swagger to him, right? He just... I don't think you'll ever catch Cam not smiling, right? I, I don't know if you remember his season-ending injury last year. Literally was on the sidelines smiling two seconds after. Like, that's just who he is. And so he's always been that guy through the highs and lows that's there to encourage you. And you'll go to war for someone like that, right? You're, you'll run through a brick wall for someone who is constantly there for you. And I think that's what it is about Cam is he's been there for us through the highs and lows. Um, and then we just trust him in this offense. I think that he's had the advantage of being in this system for about three years now, right? And understanding all of the ins and outs because it's a pretty complex system. And uh, I think that gives the players and the coaches a little bit of leeway to just let it roll. Any concern at all about now being the hunted instead of the hunter? You guys have been kind of playing from behind for the last month. Now you're the team out in front. Uh, I think the main thing is we still view ourselves as the hunted. So that's that's 
basically the mentality that's going on right now is we still feel like or, or the hunter sorry we still feel like we're being the hunters you know like we don't have our respect because sweet if everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon now where were you two weeks ago kind of thing so it's just, still keep that chip on your shoulder the, the offense seems to have a lot of diversity right now you know a couple of years ago, you were the one that they keyed on every single time. I mean, you got a ton of yards, mm -hmm. but it also put you at risk in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. Right? What's it like to play in this offense where there's just so many different options here that, that you guys are able to play with? Well, those are the best offenses, right? They're the most dangerous offenses because when you can beat people out of three different personnel groups, it really it must take a lot of time to prepare for a team like us, right? I mean, how are you going to prepare for a team that can go four receivers and four tight ends basically in the same drive? Uh, so I think that it gives people something to prepare for. And it's just exciting because, you know, I get as much joy seeing someone like Dalton score as I do myself. All right, there is Britton Covey. Now here's the quarterback. Cam rising. Kind of tried to forget everything that just happened in the first half and just started getting that ball rolling and just didn't look back. That, that sounds easier said than done, though. How do, you, how do you just put away the first 30 minutes of the game and come out in the second half? Um, yeah, sounds easy. We just had to, we just talked about it in the locker room and really made it a focal point that we have to, to play and have some fun out there and make sure that, that we get back and play our style of football. Is having fun kind of at the heart of this success right now, the fact that you guys are having fun, got a little swagger? Is absolutely, that where some absolutely. of the successes come from? Absolutely. It makes it easy when you're out there smiling and not, not just mad all the time. It, it, it can get a little hard in, during those situations, and we've been through a lot of stuff, so, so we got to smile through it. How do you keep this rolling? You guys, a couple of weeks ago, nobody was on the Utah train. Now you're by yourself in first place at the Pac-12 Conference. How do you avoid complacency and keep this thing rolling this week at Oregon State? Um, just knowing that the job's not done and we still have things that we have to accomplish to, to make sure that we get to where we want to be. Is confidence contagious? It took you for a while to come out of your shell. And seeing you come out of your shell and celebrate on the field with your teammates has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, confidence is everything. I think if you don't have confidence in what you're doing, then there's no real reason to be doing what you're doing. It, it, yeah. You've seen a variety of different teams already. I know it's early in the week, but what, what, what stands out so far about what you've seen from Oregon State? Uh, they're a great team. Uh, I've, I've got to, the, the opportunity to watch them a few times on live TV and just looking forward to the challenge. What is it about the, the second half of games where you guys have really turned it on and started clicking, but not really so much in the first half of games, especially the last two? Um, I think that just speaks on, on our on our off-season program and what, what the coaches had us do, making sure that, that we really focus on finishing everything that we do, and, and that's, that's paying dividends doing that. You, you enjoying the attention you're getting right now? Quarterbacks get a lot of attention for good and for bad, but right now it's, it's a lot of good for you, Cam. I'm not really focused on that. I'm focused on just winning football games and being there for my team. That's, that's all I'm really looking, looking at. All right, there's Cam Rising. The Utes quarterback leading them to another win, 3-0. and It's a big game now, 4-2 and Utes versus 4-2 and Oregon State. Utes lead the South at 3-0. and Oregon State's 2-1, and tied with Oregon for the lead in the North. So, big game in the Pac-12 race. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from the Cougars. We're going to hear from Puka Nakua coming up. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! 
It's a Friday night showdown in Logan as Blake Anderson and the Aggies welcome in the Colorado State Rams for a big Mountain West Conference battle. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6.30. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big game for BYU at Washington State. All kinds of turmoil at Washington State. Nick Rolovich terminated, fired, let go as the head coach of the Washington State Cougars. He didn't get vaccinated. They have a government mandate in Washington for state employees. So he's out. So are several assistant coaches. The defensive coordinator is going to be the interim coach. Whether this is going to bring them together or whether this is going to lead to chaos and make them more beatable, uh, we can all play amateur armchair psychologist, but we're not there and we don't know these guys. So, BYU just knows they need to win. 5-0 and was a great start, but back-to-back losses are taking the bloom off that. Imagine how they'll feel if they lose three in a row. Big game here. Get to 6-2, and snap the streak, beat another Pac-12 school. That's the task at hand for BYU. Puka Nakua, the three big catches downfield. Uh, rare highlights in that, uh, in that Baylor game where there were a lot of struggles. Nakua ended up with just a huge game. Here he is with the media as they prepare for Washington State. We talked to you a little bit after the game about this, but now that you've had kind of a, a weekend to reflect, obviously it wasn't the result that you wanted, but it, it seemed like you had a lot of opportunities to go up and make plays um, this weekend at Baylor. Do you feel like you took advantage of them? I mean, about as, as well as you'd want or could be expected? Because you had, I mean, you had just a lot of big plays out there. Um. Yeah, I definitely, when we take long shots, you want to come down with the touchdowns. So I feel like I could have done a better job of making that guy miss. I got left in one-on-one situations, but we were able to at least complete the ball. And that's the biggest goal is make sure whenever they throw the ball deep is we don't want to have long uh, foul balls. So we were able to get those uh, deep passes, but I feel like I was able to take advantage. And when Jaron threw me the ball, I mean, I know I had a missed uh, a missed one after he came to me back to back. I had one close to the end zone. Um, I had missed and then just some blocking assignments, but I feel like there's definitely room for improvement. As my, I mean, obviously we didn't win, so there's always a lot of room for improvement. So there's definitely a lot of things we got to clean up, but in my part, I, there's still a lot, as much as it was a good game, there's still a lot of, a lot of stuff to clean up. That's for sure. Okay. Let's go with uh, Mitch and then Jay. Luca, this third straight week, uh, you guys will have a, a day game uh, to, to ensure that the energy is up from the team. Do you think you guys might change maybe some things this week or on game day to to get ready and and, and be dialed in for, for another afternoon tilt? Um, I don't think so. I, I like I kind of like I, I like our routine of what we're going into. I think it's a more of a, a in week in week adjustment that we need to make of making sure we come out and practices and lacks of days of cool that we're not just going through the motions. Um, we're obviously not going to be super physical. We want to keep everybody healthy and stuff, but to bring the intensity and energy that practice needs and deserves in order for us to execute perfectly on Saturdays. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, Puka, what are the best elements, the best things about having a brother on the team this year for you? 
Um, <laughs> it's the best. Uh, we live together, so we spend so much time together. But it's always like a. As much as we grew up together, he sees things so differently coming from his life situations and coming up from Utah and what I learned from the University of Washington. And then us coming together and buying into the same program and uh, being around the same people. He's such a blessing to always compete against and then always have there to, I know he's always got my back and I'm always there for him. So it's, it's been a huge blessing. Uh, it's the coolest thing ever. It's like a movie is like the perfect, uh, the perfect story. <laughs> And you guys have got three sets of brothers on the team, the Romneys and the uh, Barringtons. Have you ever been on a team that's had that many sets of brothers? And what's that kind of dynamic? <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. And then when we got our new locker room, I'm looking at right across the way and I see Campbell and Clark, right? They're not too far from each other in the locker room. And then we have Baylor and Gunner right next to me and Sam too. So it's like, the, it's so dope. Like I've been for them. It's just, it's such a, it's a brotherhood already in the team and in our locker room. And then to have like my actual blood brother, like somebody who, uh, he probably changed my diaper. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's super cool. It makes it so fun. Like the in, interaction and the engagement that we have from all the guys and especially the brothers, obviously is something special. Okay, go ahead. Puka, this may be kind of a simple question, but there have been people out there who say you as a team, you, you wide receiver core might be the best 50, 50 ball team in the country in terms of just going up and getting the ball. What are the keys to being an effective player when it comes to those 50, 50 balls? Um, just intense focus. That's some of that. Where, I mean, we have some pictures up in our receiver room and that I'm always looking at guys who have played here before who they're there. When you look at the catches of the, the photos that they have up there, it's the guys like their hands are on the ball already, but their face mask is all like, dang, they're touching the ball too. It's just an intense focus, being able to make sure you watch that thing all the way in. Cause I was thinking of the one I had against number 12 in the game. And then I think about gunners too. It's like gunner had it here across his face and then is able to, come back and bring it back right in front of his face like intense focus to be able to watch that ball all the way in until you know you have complete control of it you obviously play the university of washington washington state is their rival are you looking forward to this game again uh definitely i know some boys out there uh lincoln who just had barely transferred from uh hawaii so it'll be fun uh, it's, uh we gotta come out and prepare for everybody every week but this will be fun out to go to Pullman there is Puka Nakua now here's Ben Bywater Ben you lead the team in tackles I believe you're well over 50 at this point on the season what's kind of been the key to you racking up that many tackles yeah I appreciate that um I'd say the key for me is just I mean, we have a great scheme our our defensive coaches are, are great and our D line uh they chew up all the blocks so it's pretty easy for me to come free but the biggest thing for me was just getting getting big and durable so I've taken a lot of hits this year that I feel like last year I probably would have gotten out or gotten injured but getting putting weight on and getting strong and being durable is something that really helped me get on the field and then I always knew once I was on the field I, I had the ability to do it but it was just putting in the work in the off season and then obviously um, the other players make it happen for me so we've seen you playing a lot on the edge in recent games you and Peyton seem to come up and kind of help set the edge there is that kind of a scheme adjustment or is that something you guys had in the books just all season long just you're finally deploying it 
Absolutely. Yeah. So that's something that kind of we've always had. It all depends on what the offense is running. So it uh, depends if we got a three man front or a four man front, you're going to want edge presence. So me and Peyton will, will creep up there. And then whether it's, you know, Chaz or Max back there, just scraping uh, back there and, and making tackles. But that's something we always had. But it, week to week, it'll change up depending on the offensive scheme. OK, we got a question from Jay Drew and then uh, Sean Walker. Hey, Ben, uh, obviously you guys are going a long time before your first buy, do you f- which is, I think, in mid-November. Do you feel like the team is worn down and could really use a buy, or are you guys, you know, typical 22-year-old guys that could run forever? <laughs> I appreciate that, Jay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It's uh, It's been a lot, you know, tons of weeks without a buy. I'm excited for a buy, but it just comes down to after, after the game, Kalani talked to us just about buying in, being dialed, getting your eight hours of sleep, getting your meals in your calories, obviously lifting. And if you do that stuff consistently and you're pretty dedicated to that, I mean, you can, you can make it by without a bye week, but I think we're all looking forward to November 13th. We love football, obviously, but it'll be good to let the bodies rest up. Thanks, Ben. Hey, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, Ben, just building off uh, a little bit, you, you talked about kind of playing on the edge and setting the edge, and you you kind of seem like a little bit of a natural there, obviously, from your previous position. So a couple of weeks into allegedly moving more into the middle of the park, are you feeling a little bit more comfortable out there, or did it kind of take some time to be like, oh, I'm, I'm not always the guy on the edge. Like, I got to cover the middle of the field now. Yeah, definitely. I So I started at, at Rover at the beginning of the year, and I last year I played Rover. So Rover, what that means is that's your boundary linebacker. You're playing the short end of the field. And I played outside linebacker in high school as well. So I obviously feel comfortable out there. And then when Keenan went down, moving to the middle was something that was a little bit unnatural for me, but I was more than willing to jump in. And I had practiced the mic throughout fall camp and all off season, I'd studied it. So I knew what, and once you kind of know one position, you can kind of jump around and play all of them. But I, I do like being on the edge, obviously in the middle, you can kind of, you can play. It doesn't matter what side they run to. You're always going to be in the action, but playing the edge, holding the edge is something that I feel natural uh, doing. So I did, I, I enjoyed playing Rover um, this, this past game against Baylor. <laughs> Uh, question for Mitch Harper. Yeah, ben, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, when Keenan went down, it caused some some unnatural setups for you guys on the field. He was Keenan was also a, a kind of a leader uh, as a captain of the team who's maybe stepped up, whether you or someone, other guys on the defense that have kind of risen uh, up as, as leaders and, and, and kind of the vocal guys on, on this defense this year now. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. There's a, uh, obviously with Keenan going down, there's, there's, those are big shoes to fill. I mean, he's been here two, three years and he's always produced. He's physical, strong and fast. So I, I'd say one person that stands out to me is Tyler Batty, very, very vocal leader. And he's, he's someone that's always harping on us to be better, to be great and, and do, do what we can. And there's, there's no mixing it up. Just, do what we do at a higher level. Also Peyton coming through with that interception on Saturday was huge in, in a crucial time. So Peyton's always going to be there and he's definitely taken on more of a role as Keenan's went down, but it's, it's everyone stepping up everyone. As long as you're doing your one eleventh and, and making it happen on your side of the field, uh, it's, it's going to work out no matter what. So those are the two people that I would highlight. Kalani, uh, 
you know, earlier with us uh, mentioned you know, physicality. It was kind of a word that he, he brought up quite a bit. Uh, wants to see that this week. Uh, what What is it going to take for you guys to display that that physicality that was kind of the calling card in that uh, you know first five weeks where you guys were undefeated? Absolutely. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. Saturday needed to be more stout, right? I'm not just going to sit here and, and sugarcoat it that we did we did what we needed to do because we didn't. And so, being more stout this week, it, it's a it's a mindset thing. Throwing your body out there and and being prepared and being confident. A lot of times you just get nervous and and it's not something that that you haven't prepared for you just not really prepped right so being more stout and being physical obviously Kalani's going to want us to do that and so saturday we're going to make it happen against um, washington state a question from sean this might uh, just be a, a way to rephrase that last, last answer ben that was a good answer there because because my question was basically just that you you guys have this two-game skid um that this BYU program hasn't seen in almost two years now since the end of the 2019 season what's kind of the morale of the team right now and it sounded like coach Kalani was um I don't know disappointed is fully the right word but we'll, we'll use that one for lack of a better word I mean are you kind of getting that from the coaches and and how disappointed I guess is this team in a losing streak that's become pretty rare the last little while Yeah Sean I I wouldn't say the team is is disappointed or down obviously we're frustrated because we know we can play better and so i'm grateful for mondays right you after a loss like that there's always lessons to learn from you come back on mondays you watch the film and i mean you can sit there point fingers all the time at you know what position group may have done better but at the end of the day a loss is a loss and we could have been better and so you show up monday watch the film see what you can do better and then and then it's on to washington state so i love what kalani said being physical is number one and then number two is just going out and playing our ball like we did the first five games and if we do that i have full faith that we're going to make it happen all right there's ben bywater puganakua before him so you've heard from the cougars you've heard from the utes coming up next it's the jazz donovan mitchell and joe ingles getting ready for tomorrow night's opener with the oklahoma city thunder stay with us we will get to them next it's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's another Pac-12 road trip for Utah as Kyle Whittingham and the Utes head to the Pacific Northwest to battle Oregon State in Corvallis. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4.30 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz open the NBA season tomorrow night. Tonight, the NBA openers, the world champion Bucks, get to open things up. They're playing the Nets, and that's at uh, 5.30. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, national TV doubleheader, it'll be the Warriors and the Lakers. And then tomorrow night, big schedule, and it's the Jazz and the Thunder, one of, I don't know, 10 or 11 games on the schedule. There'll be a lot of teams playing tomorrow night. So, let's get to the Jazz as they get ready to open the season. They were the number one seed last year, knocked out in the second round. Don't want to say the regular season is unimportant, because obviously you want to play well, win a bunch of games, get yourself good seating, but we all know it's this is the uh, this is not the main course. The playoffs are the main course. This team is established as you can get in the regular season. They have lots to prove in the postseason. But the March starts tomorrow night. 
Here is Donovan Mitchell on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. If you guys are going to, 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 to win at the level that you guys want to win, what's the importance of you making, making uh, that jump? Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a big part of, you know, our push, you know, for myself. Um, there's always room to grow and get better. It's no secret. I've, I've said there's things I need to continue to build and work on. So for me, it's not, it's about doing that, making that jump, you know, doing the things necessary. And, you know, it's been the work that I've been putting in from the time uh, we lost until now, but it's also not being too hard on myself because there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, you know, may start off strong, may start off slow, but at the end of the day, it's just keeping and trusting the work that you put in um, for us to get to that next level. You know, I'm going to have to, you know, like you said, take that jump in and just be ready. I'm ready for it mentally, physically. So now I just got to go out there and, and do it. You know, and I think that's, that's for myself and for my teammates. They trust me. I trust myself. My coaches trust me. So uh, it makes my job easier when you have the support system that I've had since I got here. And um, yeah, I just got to go out there and do it. When you, talk about, when you talk about that jump, what does that look like? Um, there's a few things. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me right now is uh, efficiency. Uh, I think and that's not necessarily saying that from a field goal percentage standpoint. I think just, you know, when I'm on the floor, you know, controlling the game, uh, defensively, offensively, being able to communicate, be vocal, but as well as taking, you know, it's, it's being efficient with shots too. You know, I think that that's a lot of it for me, just becoming the best leader I can be. Um, I think as a whole, my game is, is improved, but there's there's definitely things I, I see, you know, that I can continue to make the jump. My teammates have seen it. I'm making an effort, you know, a conscious effort to get better at that way. I can be a more all-around player, more all-around leader. Um, not to say that I haven't been, but I think that's – I'm always hard on myself with that type of stuff. So I think that's that's really what it looks like uh, for myself. Is there anything like watching for those things? Hmm? Is there anything watching? Um – yeah, you know, I look at, you know, and I respect Dame Lillard, you know, um, for for what he's done in, uh, in, in Portland. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, with the teams that he's had, and the stuff that he's been able to do, um, you know, individually as well as collectively, he's never made excuses. Not to say that they've been bad or anything. They made the conference finals and stuff like that, but, you know, he's – he's been able to, he's a guy that I look at, you know, I was like, man, like he's, he's, he's able to make that jump. And that's what, you know, I kind of look at myself being able to make that jump. Dwayne's done it in his career and it's great to have him, you know, I can, I can kind of talk to. And obviously he won a championship in his third year, but you know, for me, those, those are two guys I kind of look at who's been able to just increase and just be great leaders, you know, smart on the ball, smart off the ball, smart defensively, being able to communicate. I think the biggest part is communication, you know, being able to speak and as well as do, uh, I think that's one thing I've really wanted to, to focus on. If I'm going to say we got to play defense, I got to go out there and fucking play defense. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think that's been my, my, my biggest thing is watching those guys. And I really watch a lot of guys throughout the league. Um, I may not say nothing, or I just kind of notice it, you know, and pick things up from an individual player and kind of add it to my own. I guess along the lines of trying to get better, I mean, you still had you, – you were the top scorer two years ago in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you had like a 40-point triple-double in the last game. Like, what – I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I could name. Um, I think the first and foremost, I think my defense is something that I've, I've honed in on and will continue to hone in on. And like I said, it's not all going to just Wednesday's going to come and it's not, it's going to be like, boom, you know, it's going to, it's going to be building and about taking time and getting through it. But I think for me, um, it's easy to look at the stats and say, you know, what else can you do? There's a lot more, you know, we haven't won. You know, I think that's, that's the biggest thing we can win. You know, we have a group that can win and that wants to win. And it's a matter of doing that, you know, the stats are great and all, but ultimately you're, we're all judged on the end goal, the ring, you know, and I think 
you know, it's, it's great to have those stats and whatever, but we did, we lost in six games, you know, and I think for me, I think just being able to be the best leader, understanding that, you know, we all have that same mindset, go out there and just, just continue to work on my development mentally, physically, uh, whether it's shooting, passing, footwork, defense, like that's really all it, all it comes down to. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you know, I know what I can get to. I know I can get to my stuff. I know what we can get to, but you know, it's how do we do it that much better? How do we do it when we're tired? How are we doing on the third game in four nights? That's, that's the stuff that, you know, you look at on the, on the long road trips in February, March, you know, when the, the dog days really, and that's cause it's easy to do it, you know, early, it's easy to do it when everything's, you know, bright lights, but it's a, cold day in a certain city, you know, and there's only 2,000 people in the crowd, are you still going to have that same, you know, focus and adrenaline, uh, focus, I should say, not adrenaline, focus to uh, go out there and do little things. We were talking about this earlier, so I want to get your take on it. You had a lot of opportunity in your rookie season, right? I mean, not having, there was kind of this open spot at the shooting guard spot. And, I, and I'm curious how you think maybe you would have developed differently or that, you know, your career would have gone differently if, like, there was someone in front of you who allowed you maybe was six man or you know whatever. Right. Um, it's, it's funny. We were. That's funny. You were speaking about that. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Like, um, you know, my goal. Not, I think I told you guys. My goal when I came here was just to crack the rotation. You know, and like six points and just be a defensive like force. Um, fortunately, you know, you know, God presented an opportunity for me, and I was ready for it. But you know, I don't think. I think it might have been a little different. You know, people. <laughs> Wherever I go, they say, oh, you know, Detroit should have picked you or this should have picked you or whatever. But, like, you know, I don't think I would be who I am. You know, I think I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to be where I'm at because of the situation that I was in. You know, maybe if Gordon stays, what was it, five, five years ago, the situation's different. It's his team, rightfully so. He's an all-star, you know. Um, I think certain guys go down, there's opportunities. And that happens with a lot of things. You look at Tom Brady, for, for example, you know. But for me, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, for that, for that, for what happened. And God, like I said, there was an opportunity there and I, you know, I was able to, to take it. But there are definitely times where I look at like, man, it's, it's just like one little thing that could have happened that changes the trajectory of everything in my, not only my career, but my life. You know what I mean? So I think it's definitely uh, one of those moments where you look back and you're just, just blessed and, and honored to be in a position, but continuing to work, you know, and just being, being ready for every time we play. I don't know if all of that. Over the last few years, it has been pretty consistent with the Miami rotation. Mm. Right now, you can argue maybe Jared, like 10 guys. Mm. When you look at what he's done at this point, you feel like he's ready right away to start. Yeah, I think so. I think for us, it's just for him. It's just a matter of one knowing the place, you know. Because at the end of the day, I was the same. I was the same way, you know. Didn't know the place, so I was like, all right, just set a screen and I'll figure it out from there. And, and he's talented enough to get to score. So figuring out the plays, and it's a lot, you know, to be able to have to do that at a young age and figuring out. We have a lot of them. And a lot of our stuff is read-based once he figures that out. And then he's being a little more better defensively. Outside of that, you look what he's done in preseason. He's what he's doing in practice. Like, he's, he's, he's talented and he's ready to go. But, you know, it's going to be a process. You know, like I said, it's, it's really the same with, you know, my own development. My rookie year, I didn't really start out strong and then ended it, you know, phenomenally. The second year, I started out. To, like not that great and continue to push. So it may, it may come out. It may be brilliant, you know, to start the year. It may go to that little rookie wall, you know, but I, the biggest thing I've told him is just be ready and just be patient, you know, because like I said, he may be in a situation where it's like here, you may be able to go, may be able to, may have to sit for a little bit, like, but just be ready for your opportunity. Uh, and he's like, the, he's, he's great. You know, he's, he's always positive, always happy and then energetic. And it's, it's different when you go from school where you're kind of the guy where you get the ball late to, to come in here where it's, it's not necessarily 
the case because we have guys that handle the ball and do different things. But, you know, I think for him, he'll be ready with whatever role he has. And I think he'll, he'll make an impact for sure. Him and Trent, you know, have been ph- phenomenal uh, since they both got here. So it'll be good. You came across the middle, right to left, and you kind of stepped back in the lane, hit like a, mm-hmm. a it looked new. Mm-hmm. Like, was that something new? And then if it is, when, how do you know when something that you worked on is ready or how does you go about that process? Um, I think, well, yes, it is, it is new. Um, I think for me, just because it happened once doesn't mean I've got it. You know, I think that's where a lot of players kind of fall into that trap where it's like, oh, I did it once, I got it, I have to work on it again. You know, um, like I, or, I know you've seen it, I work them off the dribble threes every day just because I shoot a high percentage of them doesn't mean I got it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if I do it once. So for me, it's one, can I replicate the move? Because sometimes I do stuff that I'm like, oh, shoot, like I just did it. You know what I mean? But there's, there's times where you continue to work on it, getting your balance, getting your footwork right, like I was talking about before. Like those are the, the levels that I'm trying to, you know, get to to be the player that I want to be at the end of the day. Um, and a move like that, you know, it's all about footwork, all about positioning and getting your balance right. And those come with stuff you do in the weight room. Like that move doesn't just happen on the floor. It happens with your footwork. It happens with the stuff to do in the weight room, you know, being able to have balance to take that shot. Like those are, those are the things that I continuously work on to try and better myself. But just because I hit it once doesn't mean like I, I got it figured out and I'm, I'm really routine based. I'm doing those pretty much every day. Did you have a relationship with Irv Rowan before he came here? Yeah. Um, I've known Irv. Man. five years, one of my, my five years or so. Um, he was the assistant over in, in Houston when I, maybe it was Phoenix when I met him or Houston. Um, and, you know, he's, he's been around, he's worked guys out like myself. He's worked me out before he's worked Trey out, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, like all the guys, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. So um, he's great. You know, he's, he's a great basketball mind, knows how to develop players, but also, you know, he's getting into coaching, you know, and he's not getting into coaching, but he's, he's been a coach. He understands certain, certain things, but also here it's different here. You know, we're more system-based and it's different than when he was in Houston, different when he was in Phoenix. So it's a, I'm glad to have him on staff. I think we all are. He's, he's been great, you know, working on myself, me, a Jerry, like he's just, you know, ready for anything. So I'm, we're happy to have him. He's also, I mean, he's got a really real connection and yeah. Yeah. he does a lot of activism mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know if that has come up or if he's talked to anyone about that. Yeah, we've, we've spoke about stuff like that, man, for, for a while. It's uh, even before, you know, he, he came here. Um, he's, he's very passionate, you know, he's, he's very, you know, and he, he is a big, vo- a huge voice, I should say, as far as speaking for our people and being an activist, you know, and I respect him for, for that. We, we actually were in, um, where were we at? Um, we were in New York um, with Brianna Taylor's family um, at, at a, a, a protest uh, together. Um, this was a, while, a few, maybe like a month or something, a month, a year ago or so. Um, and just be, he's always asking me, like, you, you know, just kind of giving me tips on what he sees. He's an older, he's older. You know, I, I always like to, to ask questions about stuff that I don't, don't know and what he he's he's kind of a guy who studies this stuff and he's he's been big and using his voice being able to travel you know and be able to go to different cities and make sure people are taken care of make sure cities cities and family are taken care of and you know i respect that about him more than just him as a basketball coach you know as a basketball coach and what he does like he's he's a guy that's really standing on the front lines and doing it as well as speaking about it well um put yourself in in in, in your mom's shoes and in the eric's Spanish shoes from their perspective, what do you think it's going to be like for for them to not only see you to, to see you and Eric in the, in the same uniform on Wednesday? 
I think my mom and his mom probably cry <laughs> um, for sure because it's crazy when, you know, we sit back and you think about like, you know, that's the same kid we would go on the FDR to practice every day, sit in two and a half hour traffic on Fridays just to practice for an hour and a half and then come all the way back to West just for two and a half hours and we would rotate who would drive whose parents. Uh, I still remember the same McDonald's we would stop stop on off the Bronx River Parkway. Still remember going to his house, playing him in 2K, like I told y'all, with, again, with Rudy Gay. Like, there's so many different things. We've been, like, literally through everything together. And as a group, as a family, but as, like, brothers as well. And, that's, uh, and I think that's something that it'll be a little emotional. It's, it's, it's still weird, you know, seeing him every day. You know, like, it's kind of like, like, this is just, it feels weird. But, like, in a good way, it's like, man, like, you know, this is, it really happened for one. And I'm, I'm happy that it did because, you know, you, not only do you gain a guy who's physical, you know, who's a voice, who can play, who can hoop, who can guard, but you gain a guy that the team trusts, can lean on. And for me, it's a brother. Um, so, you know, it's crazy that life comes at you like that full circle and it's able to happen, you know, because that's not always the case. But um, I think I think my, my mom would definitely cry for sure when she hears him. And I know his mom will as well. His dad, Mr. Juan, I don't, I don't know if he'll cry. He's always, you know. I heard he was an OG. Yeah, he's an OG tough guy, but. He might tear up. If he does, I'm going to call him out on it, too. So, we'll see. There's Donovan Mitchell. Now, here is Joe Ingles. I've, I've never, like, I guess, tried to sit there and shoot and make as many as possible or anything. So, maybe I should. I'll do it for you. No, that's a lot. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they do, like, the Jazz 100 workout, right, where you see how many you can make out of the 100. Or we do do that. Like that. That's usually my first session back, which isn't good. Okay. Um, but, no, I've never really, like, Tracked it. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Just curious. Joe, if, if Donovan makes a leap to an all NBA level, what does that look like from, from your perspective? Um, probably, uh, honestly, like a little bit of everything, like another step on. Uh, I think every year we've, um, we've had him, I guess, from when he got asked to start and kind of take over the team and, whatever that was, halfway through his first year maybe, when we kind of realized that he was going to be the guy for a long time. Um, every year, um, he, he's got better and better in, in all aspects of the game, I think. Um, obviously, offensively is what people see the most and recognize, but I think it's to, – to me, his – you can't come in here late. <laughs> um, to me, his passing is probably one of the most impressive things. That's, um, not those like – look over here and throw them, but just in general, like off double teams, reading the, the pick and roll, whatever it is. Um, and then obviously defensively, I think he's got better and better. I think there's probably another level there for him that, that he wants to take. Um, and obviously with, with him and Rudy being our guys, they, they're obviously the, the key, key guys in our team. We all obviously are there to help and support and do what we have to do and do our jobs. But um, obviously we, we rely on those two a lot. So um I have no doubt that, that he'll take a leap in whatever aspect that is. I think it'll be across the board. Um, like I said, as he's, as he's done every year. Yeah, we'll talking about this coaching staff. I mean, obviously you guys have had guys who good shooters over the years, but it seems like, especially over these last few seasons, we've seen guys like, like even bigger leaps. Or or is that guys putting in extra shooting work? But, you know, so speaking about yourself, like you've gone Thanks. from 
I know you don't like it, but like you, you come from, you know, you've been able to get shots off quicker over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think from when Quinn got the job, the, the stuff he brought in the first year, I don't know. I think there's only a couple left probably. Um, but the, the, I guess the, the focus and determination and passion that coach has in, in, um, developing all of us. Um, I think one of the things that sticks out to, to me, um, which he said to me, obviously coming over at 27 was like, why, why, what there should be no age on like, well, why can't I get better at 27 or, or 34 or whatever age you are? And, um, I think he's passed that through the staff, whoever's been here throughout the, the eight years. Um, just that, that dedication to, to getting better and obviously allowing us time prior and uh, post-practice every day. Um, obviously, the, the player themselves have to want to get better and want to work on it. Um, but I think when you walk in and, I mean, you guys aren't here in the mornings, but I mean, all our kind of that core group of guys, we're all here shooting before practices. Um, obviously you guys see after guys stay in and shoot after as well. So, um, I think just a dedication across the board from players, coaches, front office, everyone to, to get better. And, um, everyone's bought into it obviously, cause uh, I don't know how many players haven't got that much better, but majority of the players that have been here have, have either left better or are still here and are better. How long have you been hearing that you don't look like a basketball player? <laughs> Like Hassan uh, said the other day that you look like a substitute teacher. I'd be, I'd be so bad as a teacher. <laughs> um, probably since I started going bald, which was prior to having kids. <laughs> so don't have kids. No, do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard it a lot. More in the NBA because even in Europe, if they wanted to say something, I didn't know what the hell they were saying anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> they might have been saying it back then, but I didn't know, I didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's just you Americans, really. <laughs> I hear Americans are mean to me. From a pure basketball standpoint, like, is this the best time of year? It's a clean slate for every team in the league. Just how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Obviously, now I think one of the guys said, "Well, like we're two days away now." Like this was probably our last kind of not real practice, but like we get to get into it a little bit. Obviously, tomorrow will look like whatever it looks like, but it's not going to be as, as intense as today, obviously, and. Um, yeah, just the, the excitement of getting to play again. Obviously, everyone kind of starting off reasonably healthy as a team, getting everyone out there, um, bar Rudy, I think. Um, having fans back, uh, all of it combined, it, it, it's exciting. Um, you obviously know from the players, I guess you guys as well, we're in for a hell of a long year with late nights and that part of it's not as fun. But, um, yeah, it's exciting to get back out there and obviously to – for us to, to be able to start at home in a couple of days here. And um, I'm assuming they've every ticket sold probably as it always is um, with whatever COVID lets us, is it full? Is it allowed to be full? Yeah. Well, there you go, whatever, 18,000 people will be there. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Joe, you're back together practicing out there with one of these, one of your teammates you've had for a while makes a play and you're like, oh damn, I forgot you could do that. Or, oh, wow. You had those moments with any of your teammates back just watching right now, like, oh gosh, I forgot he's that good at that or anything like that. That's probably JC every day. <laughs> he does some shit though. Sorry. He does something that uh I don't know. I remember in OTAs when we first got back and we were having lots of guys kind of come through and in and out and stuff and 
it looked like JC just rocked up from wherever he'd been for the summer and had his Afro and he had about 40 points in like a two minute scrimmage. It was ridiculous. And some of the guys that aren't here daily and see him daily, literally like we're saying on the court, it was like playing a video game. Like it's just what he, but he does stuff every day, like against, I mean, sure something happened today, but that's just JC. So it's on the, on the other side of that, it's, it's nice seeing other guys, develop something that they've developed over the summer. Um, I think for me, Eli's got so much better um, in, in the summer and whether that be you know, a conversation with coach or just his dedication in terms of where he was working out and what he was doing. Um, he obviously would have spoken to someone about what he needed to improve on. Um, but I think for, for me, just seeing him, obviously the way he played in preseason as well, but we were seeing it here before that as well. And um, they're, they're the kind of, cool stories I guess that you see guys are, are young and hungry and I mean what is it 60 odd new guys come in the league every year and 60 odd guys lose a job so um, yeah they're the, they're the kind of cool ones I guess to watch as an, as an old man kind of along those lines Malik kind of had to try out for the team and then ended up getting a contract you did the same thing in the NBA a lot of guys ended the season with guaranteed deal what's it like feeling like you're actually trying out I mean it's almost high school type of stuff yeah, I mean, it's. I guess you, you've got to approach it the right way. Um, I I remember when it was me. It was my whole thing was like just kind of stay there as long as I had to stay there every day and do whatever I needed to do or had to do to. And I still remember I've said it before. But coaches, one of the first things he said to me was run to the corner and shoot threes and and play defense. And I was like, All right, I'll figure that out if I can stay on the court and. Um, Obviously, Malik's is a little different with two ways and stuff now. I don't I think we had that back then, eight years ago, whatever it was. But, um, yeah, just that, that dedication. It's Obviously, if it's a two-way, he'll play a lot of G League games as well. Um, I think sometimes it's harder when you're that 14, 15, 13, 14, 15, and you're really not seeing time, much time with, with, with our team, but you're not really going down to the G League a lot, especially last year with no G League. Um and just staying, having that focus to like, you're, you're playing kind of one on zero. A lot of the time you've, you've got to stay dedicated to, to getting better. And then obviously getting an opportunity if they do go to the G league to kind of show what they, they can do and how they've improved. But um, yeah, I had no idea who he was when he walked in the door and then someone said he was from St. Mary's, which means he's like 45% Australian. <laughs> um, so I was happy for him. It was, it was cool. Once we obviously kind of got to know him a little bit and, um, he, he's worked his ass off and, and he deserves it. I think he played well in, in the minutes he got for us and tall, athletic, can shoot the ball. Um, three pretty good things that an NBA player can have. So um, he was like a little kid when he found out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, which was exciting. It, it, was a, it was a happy moment for our team. When did you first get connected with Josh Diddy? And what has been the kind of... Is this that stupid question that he got the other day saying I stayed up all night or something? Until <laughs> 3 a.m. That was because I was on a plane with you guys. Oh, not with you guys, I hear it. Um, yeah, a couple whatever. I don't know the exact time. A couple of years ago, um, obviously knew his name a little bit, but being away from Australia for so long, it's hard to kind of track everybody. But I think the, the biggest connection for me in knowing I could probably help him in some way was him signing in the NBL as a 17, 18 year old as, as what I did 10 years ago, a long time, whatever, 2006, seven. Um, 
and just knowing the, the difference from playing the guys he was playing with at the time and then obviously going to the NBL and uh, NBL is probably a lot better now than it was when, when I played. Um, and just trying to help him, obviously giving him an open line to me to be able to ask questions. And I did watch a lot. He played for my hometown, which was, which was nice. Um, um, just giving him an open line to, and, and vice versa. If I watched the game because of our travel, not because I stayed up to watch him play. Um, I would watch a lot of games and um, just shoot him a text with some things and, and vice versa. He would, he was probably, I don't know how many times you give, like a kid or someone an opportunity to ask questions and they really take as much of it on as they can. And he was almost to the point of like being annoying with the questions, <laughs> but I had obviously committed to trying to help him. And, um, and then obviously with the national team, it was good to obviously didn't make the final team, but to, to spend some time with him and um, just spending that time, you obviously knew he was going to be a hell of a player when, when he got over here and, and so far so good. He's, he's played well. But you personally, I mean, over the long summer, obviously, that'll be Olympics. Now, all of a sudden, you only played three, you know, you missed three of the four games in preseason. How excited are you to be back on the floor? Are you? Yeah, I'm sick of Royce failing me at practice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, like I said, I, I think the, the preseason was up to coach and the, the training staff. I didn't really get much of a say at all in that. And um, just kind of going off what, what their guidance was and, that little taste of playing at somebody else and just getting back in the rhythm of it. Um, I think the biggest difference between FIBA or any other league in the NBA is just the, the pace of the game and how quick it is and the floor, how, how much more space there is on the floor. So just getting a half was, was good. And um, yeah, just ready to, like I said before, kind of ready to just get going now and start the season and get ready for however many months of seeing you guys. I'm happy for no more requests for the year. So if you want to get your questions out now, I'm happy to stay a couple more minutes and not do another one. <laughs> I've got really bad news for you. <laughs> I know. I'm the best interview you guys get. Joe Ingles and before him, Donovan Mitchell. As the Jazz get ready for their season opener tomorrow night. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.